a little uh, after I gave announcements and you're here for the first time, just want to encourage you to take out your welcome card that it's inside your family news bulletin and fill that out and take it to the welcome center right outside this wall here, right on the other side of the wall. We just uh, are so glad that you're here, so glad to have you with us and hope you really enjoy this time. We're in a series called Wise Up, and I'm going to share a story that came out of the, an L.A. newspaper. All her life, Carolyn Sue Thompson was the kind of girl who blended in with the crowd. She was quiet with few friends, but for the most part, she kept to herself. But on Friday, this 14-year-old Skyline High School sophomore was in the spotlight as she was brought into juvenile court and charged with vehicular homicide and driving without a license or insurance. She was released on a personal recognizance bond co-signed by her parents. For the last week, Carolyn Sue Thompson's name has been splashed across the front pages here nearly every day. Rumors about her, most of them untrue, shoot across this usually quiet town like an autumn dust storm. Even her classmates who didn't notice her walking the halls one week ago now share whispers and secrets about her. That's what happens, it seems, when a brief joyride in the family car ends in such a bloody death that even the most hardened police vets grow queasy at its mention. It happened September 16th on what started out as just another day. She was new to Skyline High School, having transferred from a parochial school. She was anxious about being accepted. As on every other day, her sister, a senior, drove her to school in the family car. Sometime before 10 a.m., Callan remembered that she left some of her school books in the car parked in the school parking lot. She met her sister in the hallway, got the keys, and went to retrieve her books. Before she got to the car, however, she met Debbie Dow, one of her few friends in the new school. Debbie suggested they skip class and go to the nearby 7-Eleven store. Carolyn wasn't used to cutting class, but popularity often means changing old ways. In the parking lot, the girls met four more classmates who eagerly accompanied them to the 7-Eleven. They hopped in the car, turned on the radio, and the party began. After getting their refreshments, they headed back towards school. Two blocks away from the school, someone suggested they take the long way back, a long paced road, a quiet gravel street surrounded by farms and a majestic mountain view. Meanwhile, Steve Politica, a 37-year-old air traffic controller of the Federal Aviation Commission in Longmont, was enjoying his day off. He was expecting relatives to fly in from the east that afternoon. But before they did, he went for a bike ride, just, as like, he, just like he did every other day. Politica went to his garage of his new house, which he bought two months earlier, grabbed his bicycle, and started pedaling the back roads of town. He was wearing a pair of shoes, T-shirt, sneakers, and his wedding band. Shortly after 10 a.m., Carolyn Sue Thompson and Steve Politica met on Pace Road. Police say she was going about 90 miles an hour uh, along the bumpy gravel road. He was pedaling leisurely. The force of the head-on crash was so severe, police say that Politica's head was sent through the car windshield just inches away from Carolyn and her friends. He was carried along the hood of the car for almost a quarter of a mile when Carolyn lost complete control and rammed it into a telephone pole. In an instant, Politica's light leg was severed at the hip. The six kids were hysterical, and for two solid religious Longmont families, the Thompsons and the Politicas, a nightmare had started. And it all began with a, a bad decision. This morning, as we continue our series on Wise Up, I really want to focus my attention on the, on the teenagers, like preteens and teens. You know, as a youth pastor, these are the kinds of talks I would give uh, on a regular basis to kind of share the importance of making the right choices, making the right decisions. But if you're not a teenager, you're older in college or you're an adult or, you know, you're 90 years old here, it doesn't matter. These principles will apply to you. But I really, in my heart, wanted to focus 
on our high school and junior high and preteens this morning. You know, it's often easy to go along with the wisdom of this world instead of following the wisdom that God has for us. And the Bible tells us that the wisdom of the world really isn't wisdom at all. It's foolishness. So if you're following what you consider to be wisdom or or information from other people, you get outside of the word of God. The Bible would call that just foolishness to follow that kind of those kind of ideas. Those kind of principles is foolish. And I believe that every person here can avoid making tragic mistakes by making wise decisions based on biblical principles. This is so important for us. If you're going to try to avoid some of the mistakes that so many people make, you're going to have to make wise decisions based on biblical principles. And there are there are decisions that we make every single day. And maybe this this story that I just told you is kind of graphic. And I left out some parts of the story because it was so graphic. Um, but every single day, there are decisions that you're going to make that could have a profound effect on your life. Every single day, that choice that when someone asks you, hey, why don't we do this or why don't we try that or how about we go here? Or, how about we every one of those decisions that you make could have a profound impact on your life and the life of so many other people around you. OK, so let's just jump in here. How do you handle it when people put you in a situation where you have to make a tough decision? I mean, you're, you're, you, if you're not in a situation now, you will be in it. Even younger children. I watch my son. Josh is only seven. You know, I, I watch him interact with other children, even on vacation. And uh, and, you know, the kids will ask him to do certain things. Let's let's swim out here. Let's do this. And he has to make decisions even at seven years old. Should I do what my parents are asking me to do or should I do what these other little kids would like me to do? And, every, and from that age all the way through, as soon as you can learn how to talk and interact, someone's asking you to do something that you have to make decisions and, cho- and you have to make decisions and choices. So let me share five principles, five principles that will help you make the right choices and some reasons why I think you don't sometimes. Five principles that will help you make good choices and then some reasons why you don't make good choices. I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, uh, you want to take those out. The Scriptures will be behind us, I'm sure, also. And if you need a Bible, there's Bibles at the back, uh, in the back of these tables. Every Sunday we have Bibles out there. If you don't have one and you would like one, uh, you can have one of those. Because it's so important that we, we're, we're reading through the Word of God. So I'm going to read you a passage. If you have your pen, maybe as your students or in adults, jot this down. Proverbs 27, 12 says this, the prudence see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. I'll read that again. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. The first principle that, that I have here is called the principle of prior choice. The principle of prior choice. The principle of prior choice says you need to think beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation. You need to decide beforehand what you're going to face. Deb and I talk all the time to parents about being a student of your child. Not just not when they when they're 14, you should be thinking about what's happening when they're 17, 16 or 17. Not just dealing with what's happening when they're 14. When they're 10, you should be thinking about what they're going to be going through at 13, 14, 15, being a student of your child. And as a student, you need to be thinking now, I'm going to face these difficulties. I'm going to have these decisions to make when I get in junior high, when I get into high school, when I get into college, when I get out of college. 
when I'm at work. There are decisions that are come up and I'm going to have to face them. And the principle or prior choice says you need to decide beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation before it happens. But a lot of you don't because of what I call the Enoch syndrome, the Enoch syndrome. The Enoch syndrome basically is that I will never die. It's never going to happen to me. I mean, I don't know. When I was like 14, 15, 16 years old, I'm 49 now. That was near death when I was that age. You know what I'm saying? You were like, you were like on your way out at 49. You know, that's the way you think. You're going to live forever. Nothing's going to, you can do. I mean, I used to jump off bridges without checking to see if there was rocks down there. It looks like a lot of water down there, plenty of water. So it's, you know, two or three story bridge. Let's jump off whatever and land in the water. I'm, you, you know, you don't think you think you're going to live forever. You're not going to hit your head on a rock. You're not going to break your legs. You're not going to drown. Eh, that's, that's all going to work out. It's not going to happen to me. And at Hebrews 11:5 it says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. And you've got the Enoch syndrome. You are not going to experience death. It's something that happens like, you know, eons from now, and it's nothing that's going to be a part of your life. Well, let me let me give you a few statistics that may change your mind, because almost everyone is is suffering from this or has suffered from it in the past. This Enoch syndrome. See, the problem is with the story I just read you, some people die from it. Some people die from it. You know, the leading killer and I this even years ago and nothing's changed. I, I, I looked at statistics recently. I mean, within the last week. And nothing's really changed. The leading killer of teenagers is accidents. Accidents. I mean, look at these stats, okay? 37%. They got motor vehicle. 35% of teenagers are killed in motor vehicle accidents. Then suicide, they have 12%. Homicide, 16%. All others, 37%. So most people are dying from making poor decisions. If you're a teenager, you're dying because you're not making the right choices. It's not that you're getting all kinds of diseases or whatever else. It's, it's basically choices that you're making. And these choices are taking a lot of people's lives. So using the principle of prior choice, let's look at some situations that you might face and, 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 and how, you can, you know, how you can deal with them. Uh, and I'll put this in a nice ginger way, and, and I, you'll understand anyone who's in this situation. But how, do you, how are you going to handle it? Think again. You're thinking ahead of time. How am I going to handle this situation when it arises? Because most of the time, it will arise for you. How are you going to handle an unwelcomed advance on a date? You're on a date. The guy takes you out for dinner. And I've heard multiple women tell me this, okay? He takes you out to dinner. He's like, hey, I bought you dinner. You know what I'm saying? Now it's your turn. So what are you going to do? The guy starts being like Stretch Armstrong, whatever, handsy, whatever. He's all, you know, and, and what are you going to do if you're just sitting there and you've never thought about it before? You're, a lot of times in those situations, you don't know what to do. And so you feel awkward or what, you know, he did buy me dinner. You're thinking all kinds of weird things. So what are you going to do? Suggestion? You know, I'd pour the, you know, if you have a doggy bag, pour the rest in his lap and mace him. You know what I'm saying? That'll, that'll... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, Mason's good for everything, you know. Principle or prior choice. What am I going to do? Mason, Mason, Mason. Yeah, Mason. <laughs> That's only one thing you can do. Um, but think of some other things you can do besides hurting someone's eyes and, you know, rendering them kind of whatever. What are you going to do in that situation? Don't think, oh, it's never going to happen to me or, you know, I only date guys that I really like. So if he, if he wants to, you know, hey, wait, what are you going to do in that situation? 
Because you're going to find yourself sometime in an awkward situation where you didn't think the person was thinking anything like that. And all of a sudden, it's how do I deal with this? So how do you handle that situation? How are you going to respond if someone offers you drugs at a party? Well, a lot of you guys have been through this already. But you feel awkward if someone just walks over, and starts to hand you something and you don't have something to say beforehand. You didn't think it through. You feel awkward. You feel uncomfortable. You feel embarrassed. And so you may do something you normally wouldn't do because you haven't thought it through. And you guys have so many more. You could add to my list. And if you want, come at, come to me afterward and add to my list uh, if you would, because the, you, you deal with so many of these issues. So how do you deal with that? I say you mace the person. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Drugs. That'll teach him. Never ever offer Sally drugs. She maces you. Um, (laughs) What would would you say to a friend who wants to cheat on a test? No. Um, What would (laughs) keep your eyes on your own paper? (laughs) Just have have a big thing of mace, one of those big ones around you. No matter what happens, just mace people. Everybody who bugs you and tries to tempt you to do something. Mace them all. Man, like double guns, whatever. Um, what would you do? Person wants to cheat off you. It's your friend. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, though, you're a senior, you're a junior. If you if, if someone catches you doing that, you get a failing grade. They give you a zero on the test that affects your GPA, blah, blah, blah. Go along. Think through the consequences. But what are you going to do if it happens? If someone wants to do that, you're going to feel really awkward. You're going to turn your paper a little bit, you know. Keep your eye on your own paper and let them cheat. What would you say? You don't want to let them cheat from you. So what would you say to them? Principle or prior choice says, think about it now. Every single one of you is going to be asked, okay? Hey, can you just, can I, can we, can I cheat off you? If you haven't been asked already, it, it's, it's going to happen, whether it's in uh, elementary school or junior high or high school or college or whatever. Okay, your friend is drunk and they want to drive. What do you, what do you say? I'm fine. I'm fine. I've done this before. I'm good. I'm good. It's only down the street. What would you what would you do? What are you going to say? If you don't think about it, you'll probably just say, well, it's none of my business. And I don't want to I don't want him to think whatever above me. And I'm being really whatever. And one of my favorite TV shows now is it's called What Would You Do? Ever see that? What would you do? They put people in really awkward situations. I love it because if they had the principle of prior choice in their minds, a lot of these people, but when they don't think through what they're going to do, when they're put on the spot, some people make horrible decisions, horrible choices. If you watch the show, it's incredible when you put someone on the spot and they haven't thought through what they're going to do. Adults make the most horrendous choices and decisions because they haven't thought it through. The principle of prior choice says you need to decide beforehand what you're going to do in a certain situation because a good decision gives careful attention to the consequences. You want to, you want to have a little homework here? Uh, you don't have to do this, but it's just for fun. You can go through and you can say, okay, if I choose to have sex with this person, what are the consequences? What could happen? Nothing. You know, emotionally, I can give you all. I can go on forever. The emotional, all the things that could happen there. But you could just say, you could say to yourself, nothing. Then go through the list of what could happen. I get pregnant. I get STD, blah, blah, blah. You start going through the list and then say, well, if I get pregnant, what could happen? What are my choices? What are the consequences of getting pregnant? Well, I could, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. You start thinking it through. You start breaking down. What are the consequences? If I do this, what could happen? You should do that in your mind because a good decision gives careful attention to the consequences. What are the consequences of this action? 
What is wrong with skipping class and going to, you know, to, to you know, whatever store you, you pick? UDF, okay? And around here it's UDF in, this, in the Northeast 7-Eleven or, in the, in, you know, in the West 7-Eleven. But what are the consequences? What if I get caught? They're going to call my parents, blah, blah, blah. In this, in, you know, in this poor girl's case, someone was killed and lives were ruined. But you have to think through the consequences of your decisions. Second principle is a principle of conviction. A conviction is a strong belief. Instead of basing your choices on convictions, we, what happens is we base our choice on opinions. What's this person's opinion? What's my opinion? How do I feel? And because what I think that happens because of what I call adolescent egocentrism, okay? Which is, um, I know it all. What can you tell me? You know, at a certain age, I think at 13, God infuses all teenagers with all knowledge. They're almost like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love you. I'm just teasing. Come on, guys. All, all adults are laughing. Students are like staring at me like dead face. That's not true. No, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's just it's you become a know-it-all. And then that old saying, you know, the older I get, the smarter my parents get. It's true. It really is. It really is. But what happens is you get this kind of attitude where no one can tell me anything. I know everything. If I don't know it, my friends know it because they're the same age. And if whatever we don't information we don't have, they have. And it's all going to work out perfectly for us. Proverbs 13:20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise. Wise people are wise for, for one good reason. They read the word of God. They know the word of God. A wise person, if you walk with a wise person, if you're around people who are wise, then you're going to, they're going to pour into your life the word of God. They're going to pour in truth into your life. You're going to understand how to make good choices, how to make wise choices. But a companion of fools suffers harm. And a fool only listens to their own opinion or the opinion of other fools. And so you have to be careful. You have to think through this, this adolescent egocentrism where I know it all. I kind of have it all down. You know, I know how frustrating it is at your age. I mean, we've been through it. I'm not, you know, I do remember, and I work with, with uh, high school and junior high students for so many years. I understand how you're feeling. But you need to take a step back and realize that, man, I need, to, I need to think through who I'm spending that time with and who I'm listening to. We need to base our decisions on convictions, okay? On our convictions, not convenience, not what's convenient. That's what happens. You know, you come to a decision and it's not convictions that you're, and you're basing your decisions on. It's convenience. Convenience, like, you know, what, what's, what's convenient for me? Not personal preference. You shouldn't base it on personal preferences, but on conviction. Not what you think or what you feel, but on the word of God. We need to be basing our decisions on our convictions, on the word of God, spending time in the word of God. Convictions come through knowledge. Knowledge comes through reading God's word. Guys, here's the reality in our culture today, in our Christian culture today. We are not spending enough time reading the word of God, spending enough time in what should be the key, the key resource for decision making. We're not spending any time reading it. We come to church, kind of hear it at youth group, you know, here and there. It's almost like, you know, your Bible's next to your bed. You think you can get it by osmosis, whatever the case may be. But it's not reality. You're not really spending time in what should be the source of your decision making. And that's a mistake. That's a terrible mistake. We need to be spending time in the word of God and we'll make better choices, better decisions. 
I'm going to just throw, throw out just, you know, an encouragement. But how are we all doing? It doesn't matter how old you are. How are we doing in reading through the book of Proverbs? You know, if you're finished, you should go through it again and again and again. Just read through it all summer long. Let's keep reading through the book of Proverbs. It's so helpful. It's so encouraging. It gives us so much information. Here's the thing. The Bible has either the precept or the principle for every decision you'll ever have to make in life. The Bible has either the precept or the principle. Precept is more of like, okay, uh, 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 basically Ten Commandments, okay? Thou shalt not. It either says flat out thou shalt not or it tells you what not to do or it has the principles. The book of Proverbs is filled with principles, Okay, mostly principles that we can live by. You know, the Bible doesn't say uh, thou shalt not smoke crack cocaine. So it's not in there. So you might as well start smoking crack cocaine. You know what I mean? Doesn't say it in the Bible. So therefore, it's okay to know there's principles in the word of God that tell you not to not to snort crack cocaine or whatever, you, you know, shoot, whatever. I'm not a drug addict, so I don't know all the ways you do it. You need to understand that the Bible has either the precepts or the principles for every decision you're ever going to have to make in your entire life. That means we need to be reading it. We need to be owning what the word of God says. We need to understand what it says. We need to have knowledge and that comes through reading the word of God. If you choose to base your decisions on the wisdom of this world or your own opinion, my friends, you are inviting disaster. You will not make it through this life if you do that without horrible consequences. Okay, I don't need to know your situation. I don't need to know you. All I need to know is you're a human being walking on the planet Earth. And if you choose to make decisions without the word of God uh, by your own opinion or the wisdom of this world, you are inviting disaster. You are going to have things happen in your life that you you will you will wish that you never were born sometimes when these things happen in your life. You have to think through. These decisions, we have to be thinking it through. Third, the principle, uh, the, the third principle is a principle of fellowship. The principle of fellowship. Where are you spending your time and who are you spending your time with? Proverbs chapter one, verse 10 says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. And then it continues in verses 15 and 16. We read this. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their path. For their feet rush into sin and they are swift to shed blood. The principle here is what and who are you allowing to invade your mind and heart? Simple as that. What and who are you allowing? Are you allowing to invade your mind and your heart? It's you. It's, it's, this is totally up to you. Your parents cannot stop you from everything. They can't keep you from watching these things. They can't keep you from... You're going to be on your own a lot of your life, okay, even as a teenager, and you have to decide for yourself, what am I allowing? Who am I allowing to invade my mind and invade my heart? What you allow to invade your mind and heart, my friends, will affect your attitudes, your attitude, and your attitude affects your actions, your behavior, what your attitude, what it was from, from within, it says, the Bible talks about from within, uh, the mouth speaks. My attitude affects my actions. What I'm thinking inside will come out on the outside. This is not rocket science. It's reality. It's just reality. And see, I don't want you to turn me off. See, I've heard this before. Yeah, in different, different ways, different times I've heard this. But you know, what I'm trying to say to you this morning, especially for, if you're again, uh, elementary, junior high, high school, is these are decisions I think you should be making on your own. 
I'm encouraging you. I'm giving you principles to follow. I would rather not get up here and guilt you or pound you or yell at you or try to whatever. You know, I want to obviously motivate you to do the, to follow these principles. But more than anything else, I want it to be your decision. Your parents should not have to walk around behind you worrying about everything. You should be thinking this through yourself because you're a believer. I used to say to Kim and Jen all the time, my daughters, when they were in teenagers, they do something and I'd say, you know, um, you're a, you're a believer in Christ, right? You're a, you're a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm confused. Why would you choose to, why would you want to, why would you, you know, have you been reading the word? Well, you know, um, well, you're a believer, right? Yeah. Well, why would you not want to read the word of God? If that's, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm just asking a question, not a punishment. I'm not going to ground you. I'm just asking the question, why would you choose if you're a believer? See, it's their faith, not mine. At a certain point, I'm, I'm the dad. I can encourage, but it's their faith. It's your faith. It's not your parents' faith. It's yours. And so you come to church and, oh, they're telling me what to... I'm not telling you what... This is what the Word of God says. I'm, I'm the pastor. I'm a follower of Jesus. who's going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to confront me with the sin in my life and what I've been through in my life, whatever. I'm a, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian telling another Christian, here are the principles that we, need, that we need to live by. This isn't like smackdown or ramrod or, you know, pound or whatever else. Oh, I can't believe another adult. This is no. I'm just I'm basically reading from the book of Proverbs and other parts of Scripture what the word of God says to another believer in Jesus Christ and encouraging that person. Here's what the word of God says as a follower of Christ. It's, it's your, you should have a desire to want to follow these principles. If I'm saying something that's Jeff Greer's opinion, okay, then let's have a debate about it after the sermon's over. But if it's from the Word of God, I don't think I need to pound anybody, especially in junior high highs. You guys are, a, you guys, man, you can see the thing is, I have you pegged. As, working with high school and junior high students for years, I've got you pegged. Because people think, oh, they're only kids, blah, blah. I have seen junior high and high school students have massive impact on the world. So no one's going to tell me that you're just whatever. I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. I know what you're capable of spiritually. You can bury sometimes older people, people who are, who are older than you spiritually. I mean, you can do things that, that are mind-boggling. No one's told you you're in the, that this is impossible or you're not capable of this. A lot of times you have the freedom and faith to do things that are incredible. And so I'm just talking to another follower of Jesus Christ saying, here's some principles that we all need to follow. And I'm asking you the question, what are you allowing to invade your heart and your mind? What you watch, what you listen to. Don't get all worked up about me, pastor, telling you can't listen to this. I'm not saying that. I'm asking a question. What are you allowing to invade your mind? What are you allowing to invade your mind when you what you listen to, what you watch, who you spend time with? All of those have influence on the way we think and how we live. I mean, think about the images that we allow to to permeate our minds and hearts throughout the week. Think about it. It's just you, just you, you and the Lord. 
Just think about the things that you allow to affect your mind and heart. You know, every few years, there's, some, there's a lawsuit or congressional hearing on, on you know, what, the media, like or what we listen to, what we're allowing our students, kids to listen to, or what we're allowing them to see on TV, uh, the movies, video games. And there's a big, you know, big uproar for a little while because someone saw something and then they went out and did something and then they have congressional hearings about it. And it's incredible. And I always watch those with, with kind of interest because I love what the TV executives say during these hearings. They say, our programming has... And now, first, before I say this, I think it's your responsibility. You, want, you know, you have to take responsibility for your own actions, okay? Just because you watch something, then you have to run out and start shooting police because they're shooting police in some game or whatever. Um, but here's the thing. I love the executives of, TV, of, t- of, the, of these uh, TV uh, places. They say... Our programming has no effect on human behavior. Then I think to myself, then why are you charging a million dollars for a 30-second commercial to the Super Bowl? Can you imagine them going to advertisers and saying, our, you know, that million dollars, that will have no effect on the consumer buying your beer or your soap or your car or whatever else. I mean, think about it for a second. Just use the, the logical mind that God has given you. Of course it has an effect on human behavior. You're still responsible, but it's, it's silly. We, have, we can't let Josh watch certain uh, like little movies or whatever else. Kung Fu Panda. You wanna, you, don't let, I can't let Josh watch Kung Fu Panda before he goes to bed. You know what I'm saying? Because Josh is flinging around the house like, ooh, you know, you walk by your kitchen, hits in the stomach, he's kicking me. You know what I'm saying? I'm walking around getting kicked and punched, you know, because he's watching Kung Fu Panda. Of course it has an effect on human behavior. It's not terrible to watch Kung Fu Panda. That's not what I'm saying. You understand the point. What you bring what you're putting in has an effect on your behavior. And it's silly to say anything otherwise. We are vessels made up of what we take in. That's the way we're designed. It's the way we're made. So let's play this out for a moment. Your boyfriend, okay, just got on the Internet and went to all the wrong sites. Okay, I believe Chris brought some of those sites up last week. If someone told me some of the things he talked about. Uh, he listens to uh, his uh, favorite rap song or whatever. I'm not picking on rap. It's not all of it's bad. Uh, watches Lady Gaga on VH1, you know. <laughs> I pray for Lady Gaga. <laughs> I used to play for Madonna all the time. I still do. I pray for Madonna, but now it's Lady Gaga. I pray for Lady Gaga. Um, so he, let's see, he watches Lady Gaga on VH1. He goes to listen to his rap music about women with whatever. And, you know, and he's watching. He goes to this Internet and he's going to all these places. Then he's on a date with you. And you can sit there and you can shake your head. You're not, I don't see anybody shaking their head. I'm just saying you can shake your head in your, in your mind, anyone that you want. I'm telling you, if a person is, is inviting all of that stuff into their mind and their heart and then they're on a date with you, they are going to do what comes natural to them given the right situation. That's what they're filling their mind with. I say Mason. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> You know, in my, my, my grandmother, here's the principle of child rearing. She's gone now, so they can't arrest her. But um, my grandmother used to, she had like seven kids. She used to spank them before they left the house, right? And then say, you'll get twice as bad when you get home if you act up. You know, that, I'm telling you, you want to keep your kids in line? You spank them beforehand and you say, you, you think that was bad. Wait till you get home if you act up. I didn't even do anything getting spanked. So you should mace your boyfriend before you go out on a date and then say, listen, if you act up, if I see those hands getting, you know, man, I'll double whammy you in both eyes. You know what I mean? You can still see with one eye. Stop whining. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> Put a patch on. Bring a patch with you. <laughs> oh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company. Principle. 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 Bad company corrupts good character. It doesn't mean just company as an individual you're hanging around with that day. It means bad company, what you're watching. Bad company, what you're listening to. Bad company, what you're, you know, what you're allowing in your heart and mind. That's bad company. Bad company corrupts good character. You're not a bad person. You're not an evil person. You're not walking around looking for trouble. But I'm telling you, there was a group of guys I was in a junior high retreat one time. And these kids were like 11, these, they were like 11, 10, 11 years old. And they were talking about, we were talking about, you know, the, the, what they'll face in the future. And they all sat there and totally sincere in their little hearts, they said, yeah, but we don't, those big kids, we don't, we would never do that. We don't, we don't deal with what they deal with and we would never have do that. And I asked, we started talking there, tell me what they're watching on cable TV at night and all this kind of thing. And I said, guys, you're, you're the, you're the little cocoon. You're in, you're the, you're these, you're, you're not, you're, you didn't go through the changes of life yet. You're not going through puberty. Whatever. And I said, you're a little cocoon and you're taking all the stuff in. Because you're not dealing with that. You don't have those feelings. You're taking all the stuff in. When the butterfly comes out, okay, and you've put everything in the cocoon, you're going to act upon it. You're going to do exactly what you've been programmed to do, what you've been watching, what you've been listening to, whatever. So you've got to care about it now. Don't just think, oh, I can, I'm not worried about that stuff. Care about it now. Protect yourself now. Guys, listen. Well, first, girls. He cannot watch trash and treat you like a treasure, okay? That's just all there is to it. He cannot watch, listen to whatever trash. You watch your boyfriend. If he is on the, doing this and he's doing that and he thinks it's all and you think it's fine and cool, I'm telling you, he cannot watch trash, watch it, and then treat you like a treasure, which you should be. That's how you should be treated, like a treasure. It is not going to happen. Find some guy who's not watching trash or investing in trash if you want to find a treasure to marry, okay? Guys, you need to guard your heart. You do. That's all there is to it. And I'm not going to stand here, and I'm not going to pound you again. All I'm saying is that the believer in Jesus Christ, I, as a believer in Jesus Christ, am saying to another believer in Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility to watch, to, to be careful what you take in. Guard your heart, if the heart is corrupted, you will act upon it. No doubt about it. Nothing you can do about it. As, as, as sure as the sun's going to rise, you are going to act upon those things that you take into your life. There's a song the kids used to sing. I don't know if they sing it anymore. Be careful with your eyes what you see. Remember, be careful with your eyes what you see. Anybody still sing that one when in Sunday school? I'm by myself. <laughs> be careful with your eyes what you see. Okay. And if parents with the younger ones, you know, they can watch certain things, but you need to watch it first. And in certain times, you need to fast forward. You need to say, turn your eyes, turn your eyes, turn your eyes. Why? What? Turn your eyes. We're not watching it unless you turn your eyes. Turn your eyes, turn your eyes, turn your eyes. You know, after a while, honestly, they'll start turning their eyes without you being there. Be careful with your eyes what you see. Number four, the principle of geography. Being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was in court recently, and I was listening to different cases and the judge said, did something amazing. I was sitting back going, yeah, I'm going to be talking about this in a couple of weeks. He, 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 people would go in, they'd be, they, you know, get in trouble for some, punch some guy in the face, whatever else. And the judge said, you know what? 
you can't hang around. I don't want you. And he basically, he, you, he didn't say hang around with, you know, hang out with. But that's what he was saying in his legal language. You can't be around Sam Jones, Pete Smith, whatever. He listed all the people that person could not hang around with. He said, I don't want to, I don't want to catch you. You are not allowed to be where they serve alcohol at all. Well, the judge was the principal of geography. You, you are here. Are the things I'm not allowing you no longer have the freedom to do these things because I've given you the freedom and you, you hang around with these people and you go to these places. We're going to have the same results. That's what the judge said. Basically what he was saying. If you if I let you go with these people and go to these places, I'm going to have the same results. So therefore it is now I'm bang. You can no longer hang around with these people and go to these places. That's the principle of geography. The guy was using wisdom from the word of God, maybe not even knowing. I think he did know it, but he was using the wisdom. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter seven, seven through nine. I saw among the simple. I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight. Listen to the words as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Listen, don't put yourself in tempting situations. Do not put yourself in tempting situations and don't stay in tempting situations. First Timothy 611 says, but you man of God, you man of God, I'm talking to men of men of God here. Okay. And women of God flee from all this and pursue and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. First Corinthians 618 says flee from sexual immorality. All their sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Say your parents are out of town or your parents are gone for the night or whatever else, and you're going to go invite your boyfriend over to watch, uh, to study. Going to study. And you really, you sincerely, you're, you're thinking you're going to study. You're going to do geography or whatever, study history. Not a good idea. You're not a bad person. You're not some little whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not going. All I'm saying is it's don't put yourself in those situations. You like the guy. He likes you. That's not wrong. It's not evil to to you like the person. It's natural. It's normal. Don't put yourself in a situation like that. Remember Todd and Beth Guckenberger, now the directors of Back to Back. Um, they they won when they got engaged. They won on a, they went on a, um, a kissing, you know, no kissing. You say, oh, it's ridiculous. They love each other. They're in love. They're going to get married. They're not going to put themselves in a situation where they're going to be tempted to make some mistakes. So they wanted a kissing freeze. Don't don't have them over. OK. Um, having a computer in your room by yourself um, is probably not a good idea. I'm, I'm being nice about this. OK. I think it's a horrible idea, but it's I don't think it's a good idea. Take your computer, your laptop up in your room all by yourself, guys. Especially, especially the guys and girls, but guys, not a good idea. You know, avoid attempting situations. You're, you're not some, I'm not saying you're an addict. I'm not saying you're terrible. I'm not saying you're, I'm just saying that you're, you're, you're a man of God who loves the Lord. And when I was growing up, you had to go look for things. Now it comes to you via every, every little gadget gizmo can boom right in your face. Okay, I'm trying to protect you. So think it through when you're not feeling tempted, when you're not make decisions now. Okay, make decisions now to avoid those things by making rules for yourself. You know what? I'm not going to have the computer in my room and mom, dad, I want you to hold me to it. Make decision for yourself. This is for you. This is you making decisions, not people putting stuff on you, but you making decisions for yourself. Uh, You know, adult singles don't play house. 
Don't play house. Don't invite them over and play house. So, you know, you're going to put yourself in an awkward situation. God loves you. You're not, I'm not, again, you're not a horrible, terrible person. All I'm saying is don't put yourself in those situations. Protect yourself from those situations. Your friends, are, you know, you're out with your friends. You feel a situation could get really, it's getting bad. You know, you go to a party, you, you had no idea that there was going to be whatever at the party. Okay? So bring in from this one, bring in the principle of prior choice along with this principle, okay, of geography. Let's bring in this principle. Um, you need, to, you need to set it up with your parents that if you're in a situation, you need to get out of it, all right? But you feel awkward saying, I'm leaving now. Why? Because, uh, you know, I didn't expect you to have, you know, whatever in your house and your parents to be gone, whatever else. You, what you do is you set a principle or prior choice. Mom or dad, if I text you SOS, okay, you text me immediately back or call me and say, family emergency, you need to come home right now. The family emergency is you need to get the heck out of Dodge. You know what I'm saying? So you're not lying. Right. But so you use your parents, you use your parents, your parent calls out. your mom's like, you need to come home right now. And you're like, oh, man, I can't believe this. I got to go home right now. Darn it. Zip, you're out of there. Right. They don't, you know, you, oh, my, I'll tell you, my father is such a sometimes he's such a pain. You're like, oh, thank you. Good. You know, and you're out of there. Blame them. Pick on them. Who cares? Parents love to be used in those situations. Man, I'm, I'm till the hunt. If that gets you out of that situation, totally fine. It gets you out of there. SOS. Say that to your parents. If I text you SOS, you call me immediately. And then parents, don't be, uh, you know, don't start saying, well, what, how did you put yourself in a situation in the first place? Well, rejoice in the fact that they did that and got out of the situation. They used their minds, okay, and texted you and got out of the situation. Say, hey, that worked pretty good, didn't it? Let's go to a movie. Let's go get some graders or things like that. All right. The principle of compromise, because greatness fixes everything. The principle of compromise. Hey, I'll tell you what. I went to New York on vacation. They can kill us in other foods, but ice cream, we smoked them, okay? It was like torture eating the ice cream in New York. They don't have it. Graders, our ice cream rules the world compared to theirs. All right. The principle of compromise. This is important information I give you. Um, Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. They will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. And then Proverbs chapter 4, 25 to 27. Listen to this. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only the ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. The principle of compromise. Once you begin to give in to pressure, a cycle of defeat is set up. The problem is that sin starts small, right? But it always progresses. No one goes out. I've used this analogy before. No one goes out and says, hey, you know, I'm going to rob a bank this morning. I, I, I never thought about before robbing banks, but, you know, it sounds like a good idea. I'm going to go rob a bank. No, first you steal a pack of gum. Then you steal you know, clothing. You're, you know, you pull the tags off, whatever you go in the room, and you put it underneath your clothes and blah, 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 blah. And you steal that, and you get away with it, and you get away with it, and you get away with it, and you figure out oh, no one's ever going to catch me. And so you progress. It always progresses. Always progresses. You see, the problem with, with the principle of compromise, when you compromise, your world becomes gray and then gets darker. I talk about this all, all the time here. We live in a world of gray. 
The world becomes gray and then it gets darker. We need to eliminate the gray. The reason you struggle in your Christian life and end up making poor decisions is because we live in a world of gray. We lack true conviction. We lack true conviction, begin to compromise on our principles. We live a life of walking the fence and one foot in the church and one foot in the world. A life of, yeah, what's the big deal? Listen to the pastor. He's being ridiculous. You believe he says, don't have my boyfriend over my house when I'm studying. We're just studying. I can't believe you even say you have a computer in the room, blah, 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 blah. And what happens is we live in a world of gray. We just compromise and we compromise and we compromise. And then that's when it hits us. You know, here's something I found absolutely amazing. And I'm saying this out of love. I'm just asking, maybe I'm asking a question here. But I found it amazing how this generation can live such a dual life spiritually where you, for one moment, for example, you're on, you're on Facebook, and, and I love you, so don't, don't def- defriend me, okay? Not, I never tell anything. I'm just, you know, I sometimes see people's whatever come across mine. One day it's an incredible Bible verse, and the next day it's what the whatever language, you know? And I'm sitting there going, wait a second, wait a second. That, I know that person. I know they're good. I know that girl's really, she's sweet and she loves the Lord. And, and she's one day it's this. And, and years ago, people compromised throughout history. The problem is before they kind of knew they were compromising. Now I don't, I'm not really sure you know you're compromising. I think you just think that you can, you know, live any way you want to live and it's okay. Like you can one day be quoting a Bible verse and next day be, you know, drinking and cussing on whatever and and it's all it's okay it's all okay it's the same it's no big deal and i know there are churches out there i know there are christian groups out there that tell you you can do this you can do that you know and and i'm just a big you know i'm a big uh fuddy whatever you want to call it i I, you know pastor jeff is just too conservative and he's whatever else but you know i mean here again christian to christian okay they're telling you it's okay to do this and okay to do that and live it up and, you know, Jesus would blah, blah, blah. Let me just read you a passage of Scripture as I close here. And you tell me, you tell me who's on the, the right side of this argument. 1 John 1, 5 through 2, 6, okay? And you write this down because I want you to read it again when you get home. But you tell me if, this is, if the Word of God is saying what they're telling you. Yeah, everything's fine. You know, you can, you can live this way one day and live that way another day and just let it all blend together. This is a message we heard from him and declare to you. God is light. Listen to the words. In him there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie. It's not, it's, these are not my words, so don't, don't get upset with me. We lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim we have without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, this is a great verse. I write this to you so you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Listen, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if we but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know. This is how we know we as believers in Christ know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. 
So if Jesus would do what they're telling you to do with your boyfriend or girlfriend or that's no big deal or whatever, hey, go read the word of God. If I'm wrong, walk as Jesus would. Okay, if they're telling you it's okay to do this or that, that and other thing, read the word of God. Whoever claims this is how we know we are in him, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Listen, as I close off, being a follower of Jesus means following Jesus. Being a follower of Jesus means obeying the word of God and what Jesus, how he would have you live. Not how you think you should live. Not how your friends should tell you should live. Not how this group says that they, you know, let's be cooler than, you know, the church is a dinosaur. Your pastor is an idiot, whatever else. He doesn't really know how to be a real cool Christian. I I just read you what what a real Christian is. I don't know what a cool Christian is. I think I'm a cool Christian. You know what I mean? I told you to amaze people. I think it's cool. You know? (laughs) You want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Then follow Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. I pray, dear God, that you would just help each of the students here and the adults, Lord, live a life according to your word, that they would use these principles, Lord, to protect themselves, to protect their friends, and to become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.